think one half of the journey of life is just figuring out what you love to do and then being brave enough to actually start doing that thing and start endeavoring to turn that into what your existence then becomes whilst you're here. The idea of dying a noble death is one that we, we're all going to battle with. It depends on your description of the word noble. In the essence of what it might mean in a dictionary, I think that it's just important to want to do the right thing at all times, even if it's difficult to do, even if there's desperation within that. Yo, it's your boy Shay Lingo. You're listening to the Wordplay Podcast with Tarek Love. Yo, check it out. It's the chef right here. And you listening to the Wordplay Podcast. You already know. Hold it down. This is the Illa Man. You're in tune to the sounds of Tarek Wordplay Podcast. If you're not listening to that, you're an absolute turnip. Firebrand Wally. Fuck about. Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up? It's Killer Mike, one half of Run the Jewel. This is LP. You are chilling with Tarek on Wordplay Magazine. Yup. Yes. Flex and one. You're listening to Wordplay Podcast. The legendary split out the syllables. Tarek. Hey, yo, it's Tyler Polly, and you are checking out the Wordplay Podcast with Tarek right now. You better keep listening, and you better listen to the next one, and the next one after that, and the next one after that, Mama This is the Wordplay Podcast for Wordplay Magazine. Firstly, welcome back to our regular listeners. Thank you for listening with us episode after episode, and welcome to anyone that's listening for the first time. My name is Tarek and what I do is bring you closer to your favourite artists from across the many realms of rap music. On this episode, we're joined by Shay Lingo, the rising South London rapper who's doing some incredible things at the moment. He has a new album out right now. It's called The Worst Generation. We'll send letters for the capital to buy an extra can for mills. Who cut they got caught by the blue with a coloured pack of pills, injecting fast money. Trying to numb how that famine feels. We already picked that cotton. I don't want to see my famine feels. And there's tracks from that that feature on both games FIFA 21 and NBA 21. On top of this, he's recorded music for a major anime series called Jujutsu Kaisen. We'll be talking to him about what it means to make all of these childhood dreams happen. We also get his thoughts on one of his tunes becoming an anthem for the UK Black Lives Matter protest this year. And also, what it's like to be signed to Idris Elba's music label, Seven Wallace Records, and much more. We also have new music for you from Wordplay's On Rotation playlist, and a very special live recording from our Wordplay session series. This month from Nottingham's rapper-producer duo Claude Money and Jay Littles plus a full live band. All of this to come but first we have an interview with an artist called Eni. She has a handful of new tunes and videos out right now, the latest being an incredible video for her track Peng Black Girls featuring Amia Brave. There's Peng Black Girls in my area cold, dark skin, light skin, medium tongues, permitting braids, got mini afros, thick lips, got hips, some of us don't, big nose contours, some of us won't, never wanna put us in the media, bro, wanna fat booty like Kardashians, wanna fat booty like my got a yo. I'm really loving Annie's flows, her lyricism, her honesty and integrity that shines through every song. Listen up now as she joins us on the Wordplay podcast for our regular feature, Tracking Back, as we trace our steps back through Annie's early years and gain insight from the events and the journey that has shaped who she is today. What up, world? It's your girl, Gavlin, and you are listening to Wordplay podcast with Tarek. Bam. 
Annie, thank you very much for joining the Wordplay podcast. How are you today? I'm cool. Thanks for having me. I'm all right. How are you? Very well, thank you. A real pleasure to have you. We've been loving your recent output. We've been loving the video for Penguin Black Girls. We've been loving the tune for South and the Silhouettes Project. It must feel really good to have those out right now. How does, how does it feel to have a bunch of music out right now? No, it feels proper sick. I've been making music like by myself for a bit and like with the people I work with. So like last year, I was just like making bare music. So it's kind of nice to like just release, start releasing stuff this year. So that's been really cool. It's gassy. Okay, so you know a little bit about this feature, Tracking Back. It's all about getting to understand your influences, the things you've heard and, and appreciated music-wise throughout your life that make you the artist who you are today. So my very first question, what is the earliest memory of music you have from childhood? There's like quite a couple. I think the earliest, well, the most significant one was like my brother and sister used to listen to like a lot of music. And I remember they were listening to a Ja Rule, um, ja Rule song featuring Little Mo. You know, what would I be without my baby? What would I be without my baby? The alone and I remember singing along to <laughs> And they both looked at me like, no, I'll never forget that day. I think I was like maybe six or seven. And they both looked at me like, what, you you can kind of sing a bit. So that was like something that was very like poignant in my memory. I remember that. Mm, amazing because I know you started singing before you started rapping were you drawn more to the singers or rappers or a different kind of music at all like back in those early years um no I just I just liked singing which is something I did mm. where'd you grow up by the way um I grew up in Thamesmead Thamesmead all right I knew it was southeast I didn't know whereabouts I grew yeah. up in southeast as well um, hey, but down the road in Peckham um, that's what your brother and sister were listening to. Were your parents or guardians listening to any kind of music in the home in those early years as well? Uh, yeah, my parents were very musical, especially my dad. I feel like that's where I got a lot of my um, like my love for music from. So who's like always listening to Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, The Whisperers? Like it was just just like a lot of jazz. Like he always used to say to me that you're gonna you're gonna love jazz and all this like soulful music when you get older. I was like, move, man, what do you mean? Like, Jar Rule's where it's at. This is like hip hop and everything's where it's at. So then when I started getting older, and I was like, bruh, this man was not lying. Like, I know you're really into film and you've got like a bit of a background in film as well. But what is the first music video that you can remember? Oh, um, what's it called? You know Harlem World featuring Maze. I had that on a on a cassette, and I used to bang that out when I was like really young. And that's I feel like the the one that pops into head. It was my dad. I think he recorded the video. I think I don't know why he had it recorded on a tape, and he used to like. I remember I heard it, and then. We just, we just used to play it and I just used to get gassed every time that that tape used to be put in and I used to like do the, the dance music and music video and stuff like that mm. so yeah that song was sick yeah I remember back in the day of filming music videos on tapes just so you can watch them back before YouTube yeah, um, all right so that was kind of your early years but um what about as you were getting into school in the early days at school what kind of music were you listening to in your, in you know the first few years of school Secondary school, you're listening to what everyone else is listening to. So it's like grime, I guess, what's, what's, what was on Channel U and just what was on MTV and stuff like that. So it's like, 
like Kano and Royal Deep. Rascal a hot one, never look up, no. Play soft, win so never lose none, no. Next friend, what's that? Never been one. Three plus two plus three plus one. Hot millimeter, can't make up where I run. Ain't no comedy, ain't no fun, no. He came, he test, he got stung. Rascal I make an MC, too clumb. And just like, that whole time of you era, era was like a, a very, very sick time. I feel like, I feel like we'll never get that back, but that was like a really sick era. Mm. What what was happening locally in Thamesmead? Were there people making rap or grime music that you can remember? No, no one from Thamesmead making music mm. at that time, not at all. It, it's a very small community, so not really. We would like more street dance and stuff like that, but not mm. not anyone. It's interesting. Like, I've, I often think about South East London and why like why grime didn't take off in the same way in South London, say places like Peckham. Uh, or mm. why it may have been like Lucian. Uh, I guess it's a bit more eastwards. So it's interesting to hear what went down in Thamesmead compared to that. So as you grew older, so following those early years in secondary school, throughout your teenage years, how did your taste in rap music change? Um, when I discovered J. Cole. What's on your brain? You probably hope it never would Like, is it the real thing? Or is it just the one night stand? Yeah, that's that was a complete rap. I think I was like 13, 14, and it was like I just heard this song and I was like, Who the heck is this? And from there it was a rap. Like J. Cole was the only thing I listened to for like five years. What gave you the confidence to start making music yourself? I've I've always like made music, like since I was a kid, so it's something I always did. But to like put it out, like it was just, I put a freestyle in twenty eighteen on my Instagram just thinking that no one would even care. And I'd had that freestyle like sitting on my phone for like a year. And then one day I was at work and I just uploaded it. And then like I came back on my lunch break and then there was like bare comments and shares. And I was like, oh, rah, okay. And then from there I was like, okay, cool. I guess okay. I'll start going to the studio. To go back a bit more, tell me about Baby G. Who was Baby G? <laughs> oh, Baby G was my, <laughs> just jokes. Baby G was my, uh, my first rapper name in primary school. I had a, um, a G-Shock watch and it was called Baby G. And then I was like, because my name, my middle name is Gabrielle. So I was like, you know what? I've got the watch. And my name's Gabrielle. I'm going to call myself Baby G. (laughs) When did you drop Baby G for for any? Baby G didn't make it out of primary school, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) For a while, you know, like back in the day when everyone used to do like tag names and Mm. used to be like famos. So a bit, I went by Tiny Phoenix and I I had like a grime rap. I remember that. And then, yeah, nothing. Let me use my real name. To stick on the area of like what gave you the confidence to make music yourself, I know you had uh, some interaction with the late rapper Ty. Sometimes I have to grind like an aristocrat. Stop trying to compare me to this other chap. Flat, broke, but benevolent. Walking with some very big elephants. He's someone that that made time for me as well in the past, and sort of when when he didn't have to. And I know he's. There was a point where he's made time for you as well. Tell me about yeah. your interaction with Ty. Uh, Ty was amazing. Literally, the, after the freestyle came out, I think he DM'd me. I was just trying to understand like what what I was doing and who I was. And there's just me like not doing anything and like just performing at one or two open mics. And so he offered me the opportunity, January 2019, to perform at Jazz Cafe at Past the Torch in a, like a festival he was hosting. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And he like, he just was very mentory and big brother-like. Even like, when I look at footage of that show, you can see him kind of coaching me on stage, like move around, like. So when I look back at those videos now, they like mean even more because it's kind of like, he didn't need to do that and he still did. 
Mm, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that sounds like Ty. You once came on one of my shows in the past. We had a great chat on on air, but when when the mics were off and the music was playing, he was in short he was schooling me on a lot of things that I didn't realize and appreciate enough about about hip hop. And and after that day, he linked me up with so many other sort of legends and veterans in the right. UK hip hop scene. So um, big up Ty and R.I.P. So someone like Ty has left a huge impact on UK rap music and, and music broadly in the UK. Um, you're making a huge impact already in the music that you have out. But what kind of impact do you hope to make with your music in years to come? I think it's mostly about legacy. I feel like the beautiful thing about music is like when you're no longer here, that echoes on eternally like a thousand years from now or whatever the circumstance of music is in a thousand years but like that's still going to be there and that's like your voice echoing through the universe and I feel like that's really important so if you can impact so if, I, if I'm able to impact someone a hundred years from now when I'm no longer here I just think that's a madness that'll be an amazing legacy okay well Annie thank you very much for your time today oh thank you for having me pleasure cool. see you cheers okay. bye Hey, this is Arlo Parks. You're listening to the Wordplay Podcast with Tarek. That was Eni. Follow her on the socials at Eni That's E-N-N-Y Integrity. She's making some brilliant music, so keep an eye on her. Still to come, we have an in-depth interview with Shay Lingo and a live session from Nottingham's Claude Money and Jay Littles with a live band. But before that, I want to tell you about Wordplay Magazine's On Rotation playlist. Every fortnight, the Wordplay magazine team gather and weigh up the latest releases from the hip-hop world as well as from the soul and jazz scenes. And every fortnight, we select the best so you don't have to. And we curate our playlist, Wordplay magazine's on-rotation playlist, which you can find on Spotify and Apple Music. Of the many incredible tunes that made the cut, here are my top five to give you a little flavour of what we've been backing lately. What's up? This is Demrick checking in from Los Angeles, California, and you are tuned in to Wordplay Podcast with Tyrick. What's up with it? First up, we have Loading from West London Central Sea. I love this beat produced by Hargo. Central Sea is one to watch. He's steadily floating to the forefront of the UK rap scene. See, don't be on the road too tough, but I still cut you with the local tugs. Could have ran off the plug, but I kept it real and I showed him love. Little bro got the poker touch, where we grow up, it's so corrupt. Fancy me on a block, go nuts, I'm not in my bag, I'm loading, loading. Back then it was hand to hand nowadays. This next one is from a relatively new artist called Jaish. With this flow, I'll certainly be keeping him on my radar. This is Cali Breeze from Jaish. Been taking it easy, same time, man. I've been writing to please me. That's several tunes and a weekend, can't tell man about reading. For the peas I'm bleeding, can't put on the front, can't do leeching. But I don't need teaching, way too wise, just wait for the preaching. Head My third pick this month is Run with the Wolves from Manic MC. This is from his eight track EP, Concrete Clouds. It's a lovely project, fantastic lyricism, and you wouldn't expect anything less from Manic. This is Run with the Wolves. I just try to keep my feet on the ground, put weight on my voice when I speak to the crowd. Every night we give out a piece of our soul, now somehow we got the keys to the crown. Seems like we got the keys to the crowd, when the lights go up and the speakers are loud, so the eyes roll back from the little bit that I spat every bit of my attack and I'm beating it down. I'm Next we have God Knows, which is the opening track from Dizzy Rascal's new album, E3 As Fuck. This is a pairing of East and South London grime legends as Dizzy and Lucian's P-Money team up over these hard bass lines and these jungle snares. This tune is called God Knows. 
God knows that I got a good heart, but I do not go for the disrespect. God knows that I've been through the blood and the sweat, you bet I'm a nervous wreck. God knows if I say that I come for a check, then a check is what I expect. God knows I'm a pain in the neck. God knows better watch your step. And finally, from his new album, The Worst Generation, this tune is called Bobbing for Apples from Shaylingo. We'll be talking to him next on this episode, where I'll be asking him about some of the lyrics that have intrigued me from this very track and so much more. I always tell my brothers to go where the love is. It's deep surviving off a life that you know is destructive. That wheel of fortune you've been riding, been holding some punctures. Fuck it. At least if you nap a pagan, you know who you're hugging. Friends turn enemies real quick. But we that was my top five from Wordplay Magazine's on rotation playlist. Head there after this episode to discover even more great new music. Now, as promised, we now talk to fast rising rapper Shay Lingo to talk about his many musical wins of late, his new album, the meaning of nobility, the meaning of integrity, and so much more. Yo, it's your boy Shay Lingo. You're listening to the Wordplay Podcast with Tarek Love. Shay Lingo, thank you very much for joining the Wordplay Podcast. How you doing? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm guessing it's been pretty busy since the release of your new album, The Worst Generation. What's What's your day to day been like since? Damn, that's a that's a mad one. It's just been a it's just been love to be fair. Like it's been hectic, but it's just been it's been so rooted in love that like it's it's super motivating. I'm just I just want to get on to making more music and kind of resolving more ideas that we had before and songs that didn't like developing songs that maybe didn't make the project and what you get me. I just want to work now even harder than I did before. Do you know what I mean? Because now there's just seems to be more people um, every day that just want to hear more do you know what i mean so mm. i just want to have i want to i want to have that um have that ready for them and and start working as soon as possible to take it back five six years to when i'd first come across yourself back when you were yeah. sort of first coming down to represent fm a lot yeah. how would you say yourself and, and shay lingo is is different comparing five six years ago to today i'm grateful to have made it to another five or six years to be able to have grown. The difference is maybe I just, I'm a little bit more in tune with myself emotionally. I'm a little bit more focused because I can be, do you know what I mean? Because I, I don't I don't have to do anything else to kind of survive and, and, and pay my bills. And yeah, I just feel like a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I wanted to achieve or some of the stuff that I wanted to achieve five, six years ago has happened now. So I now have to kind of Reevaluate and and regroup and decide what's important to me now. Like we wrote we wrote for uh, an anime that came mm. out recently called Jujutsu Kaisen, mm. and it's like it's it's now done what I think as of this morning it's done. There's 10 million copies in rotation of the manga that then became the anime. Do you know what sure, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is, the, is the is the is the series and the manga is the is the comic or the cartoon in in book form. Do you know what I mean? So to know that. To know that I'm a part of that, I wrote raps for that. I wrote I wrote lyrics for that. So to know that I'm a part of that was a bucket list. That was a dream for me. Do you know what I mean? And as much as the studio didn't know me before, and and it all happened quite by chance and just from the respect of some very respected producers and um and um, orchestrators, namely Manon Dave, producer, and um, Yuki Yamamoto, who did the who did the orchestration of all the music and and reached out to us for me to be me to be a part of that. He didn't even know how amazing that was for my specific journey and my and my specific life. You get me? No matter what what part of it it was, that was like a bucket list. So, yeah, man, that was one of the first when I went for when I went full time. That was one of the first things that I wanted to do. You get me? I went like I went full time off of a publishing deal. Like I, I was able to like just 
only do music off of a publishing door that I signed in 2017. One of the first things I said to them was, yeah, obviously I want to take care of my family. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z, pay my rent, rah, rah. But I also want to write for an anime. That was literally the only right. thing I wanted at that time. You get me? So it's like, now that that's happened, I'm like, that's just one example of, all right, cool. Now that that's happened, what else do I want? Do you know what I mean? Like, what? how do I dive deeper into that? So now I'm like trying to learn Japanese and you get me? Like little things to kind of, further fortify my my love for the things that started as hobbies you know what i'm saying wow so yeah. i guess that's how that's kind of how i'm different a lot of the stuff that i wanted to achieve i've achieved now you get me so now i need to just reevaluate where the ceiling is and then try and break it again for myself you know what i'm saying mm, i hear you like sometimes i like to think about what i would say or or do if i could see like say the 10 year old me for you you've got my block your tune it's on FIFA 21, it's on NBA 21. You got a tune on Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen. How does the inner 10-year-old Shay Lingo feel about that? That must feel amazing. How does that feel? Yeah, it's wild, bro. Like, it's like, I'm still, a, I'm a massive kid. You get me? Like, I like to say I'm only an adult when I have to be. When it comes to the responsibilities, obviously you're an adult. Can't escape that. I just embrace that and do what I have to do. You get me? Good or bad to kind of preserve quality of life and happiness for not just me, but everyone, the whole gang, you know what I'm saying? My family, everyone. And try and make sure I'm, I'm respecting people's time and energy as well, because that's the most valuable thing. But I can still geek out about it with my brethren. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is mad. Like, what? Swear down, you did. You get me? Like, we still have those moments where it's like, ah, you get me? So, and, and that lets me know that I can be myself. You I can exist in this world as myself. You get me? I don't have to like, yeah, yeah. Because man are doing charts and man are doing raw and raw. And there's so many things you can compare it to. You get me? My my specific kind of very unique forward steps and wins. You can compare them to other things that are way bigger. You know what I'm saying? And maybe impact way more people, but not in this specific way that that gratifies my life and, 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 and helps me fortify my existence and and motivates me to do more. If I was looking back, it would just be me and the me at this age and me and the younger age of 10 just going, see, I told you, you get me like, I told you bro, like, and now and now you're just like, oh my God, you did that. Like my little self is like, right, you did that. And I'm like, yeah, bro, like we did that. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a brilliant thing because I don't think a lot of people get to live out of their childhood dreams. And I think that's one of the tragedies of life. You get me? So to, to be blessed enough to be able to is, wild is wild bro i don't know any other black artists that have written for any televised japanese manga do you know what i mean ever turn turn the anime series ever so i'm just like it's a mad one it's a mad one i'll be geeking out with my 10 year old self i think it's an interesting way to i guess measure success and just thinking about the things that you really want to do deep down in you and, and as a child you're part of the seven wallace label some listeners may not know it's idris elba's label but for you personally, so what has the journey been like going from sort of being on your own independent label to, to being on Seven Wallace? What's that journey been like for you? I'll tell you the truth. There's so much integrity built into both labels, yeah, that it doesn't really feel too different. The way that the integrity is built into both labels so so intrinsically, yeah, and, and almost instinctively built into so because of the people that are involved are of such a high caliber and they have such pure hearts. You get me? Like, I think all of those things make up such an amazing hub. And I know we have that at Trip. You get me at the risk is proof. And I know that I know that Idris has that and has built that not only from his career as an actor, but 
and has had tr has tried to weave that into his career as a musician and as an art as a music artist as well. You get me, and a DJ. So because it, because of his love for music and and his understanding of music as well, because he's he's a super knowledgeable guy, but he's a fan. Bossy. Bossy. I came to rap, you know, do my thing. Sabi put me on the gram, you know, remix thing. Pull tight, Wiley with the Pacino flow. Godfather part two, call me De Niro. You get what I'm saying? He's like a massive fan and anything like just like the anime stuff anything you're a fan of you've been you've been a you've probably been a fan of for a long time you get me especially if it wasn't the thing that helped you pay your bills at that maybe at that time do you get me so i think being a part of seven wallace doesn't feel much different from being a part of trip other than the fact that we have a bigger platform to to talk to to kind of project that integrity onto i once heard you describing seven wallace as a house of integrity and, and you're using that word a lot what does integrity mean for you Honesty, just purity, man. Like, you know, you can just tell when things are real. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a there's a frequency on certain things that you can tell when they're real, and and that's not to discredit anybody's efforts. You get me? But it's just more like Seven Wallace is just a place of respect. Like, it's like I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't even quantify how how um how lovely they are, man. Do you know what I mean? And how and how much value it adds to be able to say like, there's more arguments now. You get me, like for a young art or younger artist than me that isn't into that isn't in music yet, but wants to be in music and wants to be a rapper. Do you get what I'm saying? Because I was just young watching Chingy on MTV and whatever. And I just wanted to be a rapper. Do you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, deeper down, I just wanted to be heard. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted my voice to be heard. I was bullied a lot. I was. I was, you get me, overweight in, in inverted commas. You get me? Like, I, I, there was a lot that I was battling with identity-wise as a kid. You get me? So I've just grown up and decided, yeah, I just want to be heard. I just want to be creative and I want I want to do these things. And Seven Wallace helped me do that on a bigger scale. I just feel like ultimately it's, it's just been, it's the start of a beautiful relationship. That's, that, that, like, look at what the integrity has done. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at what it's done. We were on the, we were on the front page of BBC News today. Do you know what I mean? Just like, meet this guy. It's not even like, oh, because obviously there was other things that were more important. Um, there are other things and were other things that, are, that were more important than the album at the times we were rolling out the singles. But we didn't have to stop rolling anything out. Do you get me? That And I think that is one of the things I'm most proud of. As much as as much as much I have to, and I've, I've given my voice to um, to a lot, of the, a lot of the causes that have happened in the world. You get me? And I've lost, I've also lost family. To some of to some of the tragedies that have happened in the world and some of the things that are that are spreading across the world, you get me. But the fact that we didn't have to stop being ourselves and didn't have to stop pushing this work is testament to how much integrity it has in it. You get me? Like I believe. You get me? And I'm I'm always so thankful for the fact that my team are brave enough to to believe that about the music and also that the the general public were were excited enough to see it as to not to not see it as contrived or to not see it as like a self-gratifying you're just trying to push us music in a time of turmoil like no one's told me to read the room no one's told the gang to read the room do you know what i mean and i think that's amazing like i, I that's like regardless of respectfully respectful to the work regardless of what that album actually does numbers wise and whatever like i just i just respect everyone back and front end from all the DSPs to the fans to the publications to even you guys for just even taking the time to bother 
in this time. You get me? Because there's some wild things going on in the world that we're more aware of. You get me? They've always been going on, unfortunately, but we're more aware of them now. And I'm just, I'm just super gassed that I'm getting such a resounding um, response from a, from a body of work like this that isn't necessarily focused on that, but integrally is is rooted in the same kind of wants for the world. You get what I'm saying? Mm. I think that's an amazing thing, man. And I and I, bruv, I'm I'm more than humbled, more than humbled. And that's another thing that just motivates me to do more. So when we talk about Seven Wallace being a house of integrity, just try and try and think about everything I've just said and fit it into your hand. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like how intense is that? Do you know what I'm saying? It makes sense. Like I know, obviously, my block became a bit of an anthem for the BLM movement, but. I know that you made that say four months before, yeah, four months before the protest. So I guess that's testament to you just making music that's simply true to yourself and, and what you, what's important to you, right? And then it can coincide with events or not. I'm just grateful, bro. I tell you the truth, like I don't even know how how to split it up. A man can politic about it. We can politic about it for as long as we want. You know what I mean? But the facts are like I'm just writing. Like I've done so many interviews and so many different kind of talks um about about like my block julian cole and his situation justice for julian cole by the way but in, in his situation but it pales in comparison to what his family must have been going through at that time and continue to go through before they see justice for him and will go through or even after they see justice unfortunately because of it's a tragic situation um but it was a case of it was a case of what what we all understand to be police brutality you get what i'm saying like whether whether it was intentional or not isn't the point. The fact is, it shouldn't happen. Like these, that shouldn't have happened to him. You get what I'm saying? He mm -hmm. was complaining about getting his money back from a club, bro. He shouldn't have ended that night with a broken neck. That's just the bottom line. Like, there's nothing, and he wasn't committing any crimes. He wasn't doing anything wrong. You get me? Like, he shouldn't have ended that night with a broken neck at all. And that's that's like it breaks my heart that that's the case. You get me? But at the same time, George Floyd shouldn't have been murdered either. You get what I'm saying? Like, like. Freddie Gray also shouldn't have suffered a similar injury to to um, Julian Cole, but he unfortunately passed away. So it's like I just want to. I just know that, and I found out about a lot of the, a lot of the stuff to do with um, Black Lives Matter after I released my blog. Obviously, you get me because mm. it was so many months before. But it was like this has become even more important now. Do you know what I mean? And I I just hope it reaches people. So when I saw it get played at the at the um, protest in the UK and people were just like bopping their heads and you get me staying focused and let, letting it motivate them to keep up their chance and whatever. It was just like, wow, like this is like, this is not what man intended for the song, but what can I even say, bro? Do you know what mm. I mean? It's the biggest civil rights movement in the world. And I was a part of it, not just as a musician, but as a person Like I was out marching as well. You get me? Cause it's not a political agenda, bro. It's we're talking about people's lives and their lived experiences within those lives. Frustrated. Look at how they got us in papers. Black boy, black hood, black trainers. Judging a couple of that book, no pages. Hurt with the hatred, curses, dangers. That probably curbed his natures. He really could have sent man doctor instead of just working patience. All our mums, he's swiping bailiffs. You get me? So, listen, we, we have a responsibility as a community to kind of come together and see and, and want change. And luckily, more of us are wanting change. You know what I'm saying? More of us are want, want to be want to be catalysts for change now. And I think that is a trend that I don't want to die ever. You know what I mean? Whether it's intentional or not, I don't want it to die ever. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's just been a surreal 
a very surreal time when you sit down and think about it. And I haven't even been able to emotionally catch up to it as much as I've wanted to. Um, it's just, I've just been in a load of interviews just saying like, what, how do you feel about this? It's like, bro, it's, I don't even know. It's just mad because it wasn't intended for that. Do you mm. know what I mean? But I'm just glad that it's motivating people to speak more. And it's also paramount, hopefully helping my brethren kind of his story become more visible. Do you know what I mean? To then eventually help be a catalyst for whatever the changes we need in within police systems and justice systems in general. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, bro. There's one line going back to the album. There's one line on Bobbing for Apples that really intrigued me because back when I was in Represent, I used to have this conscious hip hop show. And there's one line on Bobbing for Apples that goes, curse of the conscious, curse of the woke rapper. Mm. What is that curse of the conscious or quote, woke rapper? Curse of the conscious, curse of the woke rapper versus the majors versus the dope rapper versus the critics versus the grown man upstairs that's helping me write these verses it don't add up still i'm keeping score i think that curse is just basically it's kind of a like once you talk about something important and you get recognized for talking about something important whether it was intended or not in that in that way you automatically have this weight on your back of all of not really being able to just be a person and make mistakes and do things you almost people almost kind of start to perceive you and luckily i don't have this yet and i hope it never happens to me in in with this level of intensity but people almost start to perceive you as this kind of um this kind of holier than thou character do you know what i mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of little situations that might contradict um the brand of an artist you know what i'm saying but I, I feel like you're still allowed to be a person. I feel like an artist's only responsibility is to just speak their truth. You know what I mean? And and talk about the things they believe are important. Or I, I tend to talk about the things that emotionally affect me the most. You get what I'm saying? That everything emotionally affects everyone. But the things in my in my life path that affect me the most are the things I end up writing songs about. So Julian's case was like something I've never, I've never participated in or, or been a part of a story like that do you know what i mean so and then to know the person who it's about like you hear tragic things happen all the time but then when it happens to someone you know you're like how how did this happen do you know what i mean like and then you can't fathom how it happened so you need an outlet you know what i'm saying and, and luckily i i happen to be a musician and that happened to affect me enough for me to want to write a song about it amongst the, amongst a bunch of other things about how how we're perceived in the uk do you know what i'm saying so in a lot of cases I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to make sure that everyone can like understand me. You get me? Understand my life path more than kind of subscribe to the idea of me being conscious. You know what I'm saying? Everything is conscious. Whether you believe it's conscious or not is is entirely up to you. Going back to Jujutsu Kaisen. So I, I'm not a huge anime fan, but I know it's a story about a boy that's making decisions about how to sort of be stronger. It's kind of all in the pursuit of coming to a noble death. I think yeah. that's how you put it once. And it's interesting because on the, on the last episode, we were talking to Lexa more about coming to the end of your life and, and being empty, feeling like you've lived your potential. Yeah. For you, what would you say is your idea of, of living a noble life and sort of being empty when you come to the end? What would what would be a life well lived for Shailingo? I'll tell you the realest. I don't actually know. I don't know because hopefully I'm not at the end of my life anytime soon you get me god willing like so i can't i can't really know but what i do know is you just do what you can until you can't give your energy to the things that you love like some people it takes some people 
people, it takes them half their life to figure out what they love. And then another five or 10 plus years to be brave enough to try and turn that into a job. Oh, I've always loved X, but I had bills and rah, rah, rah to deal with. And I didn't get an opportunity to like, turn that into a business or to pursue that hobby or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and make that become my bread and butter. Luckily, some of us are blessed enough to have found that early and be provided with the opportunities to be able to fulfill that love and turn that love into a into a career. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think one half of the journey of life is is just figuring out what you love to do and then being brave enough to actually start doing that thing. You get me? And start endeavoring to turn that into what your existence then becomes. You get me? Whilst you're here. The idea of dying a noble death is one that we we're all going to battle with you know what i mean i think like it depends on your it depends on your um your description of the word noble because some people believe that being noble is is doing the right thing some people that believe that some people believe that being noble is endeavoring to help others some people that think being noble is is um just making sure that you do your thing and you're not bothering anyone else or hurting anyone else but you might not be hurting anyone else but be doing a whole bunch of other stuff do you get me? That is still destructive. You know what I mean? It might just not be direct. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the 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 word noble is a wild one, but in the in the essence of it, in the essence of what it might mean in a dictionary, I think that it's just important to kind of want want to do the right thing at all times, even if it's difficult to do. You get what I'm saying? Even if it's difficult, even if it, even if there's desperation within that. So do what you can while you can. It's, yeah, man. It's really like, simple, example, but really poignant. Man. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know if you've seen the or like read the manga or watched that. Watched even the first episode of the anime. But the main character's name is Itadori, and um, he's not connected to his family. But it's, uh, except his no one, no one in his family is like like shown in the anime in the first episode, except his granddad. And his granddad is ill. You get me? Like deathly, like terminally ill, and. He goes to visit and like they kind of portray his day of life in the first episode and he goes to visit his granddad in the hospital and his granddad's like in his granddad's like insanely mean to him because he wants he wants his the only way his granddad kind of can deal with the idea of leaving knowing that he's going to die soon and leaving Itadori in the world to his knowledge by himself the only way the granddad can deal with that is like I want you to hate me so that you don't come here anymore and see me ill and I can just die alone kind of thing. Do you get me? Because I, I just want you to not be in pain when I die. You get me? I want you to to dislike me because I know that that is the only way you're going to be able to, I believe, you're going to be able to deal with the pain. Whereas Itadori's just got way more love for him and he's like, shut up, man. Like, I'm coming. Here's your flowers. Here's your food. Rah, rah, rah. What did you do? You get me? Like, what did you do today? Whatever, whatever. And then he turns over and he says, he says to Itadori, like, um, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, like, you're strong. He says, like, Itadori, you're strong. Help people. Do you know what I mean? Like, use what you have to to make sure people are comfortable, especially your friends. Like, you're a good person. So the kind of people you're going to have around you are going to be people that you're going to love. You get what I'm saying? Like, do your best for them. You know what I'm saying? Just try your best for them. And that, and then he dies. You get what I'm saying? Those are the things that Itadori was left with. You get me? Like, from the only, from the only relative in his life that, that um that cared about him you know what i'm saying in in as far as we know so far in the story so i look at that and i'm like that's no different from from anyone situation like it's obviously a lot more dramatized in 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 the anime but it's like yeah man help people if you if you know you've got a strong character just do what you can and even if you can't do what you can 
do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Just do what you want. Like as long as you're not hurting anyone and you're not you're not you're not bringing you're not kind of hurting anyone or degrading anything. I think there's a lot people can do to kind of die noble deaths. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot you can do. You just have to be brave enough to actually do it. Really poignant. Thank you for breaking that down, bro. No, um, good, bro. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been it's been a pleasure and yeah, really nice to to chat that all through. No, I love bro. Thank you so much for thank having you. me, man. I appreciate it. A pleasure and take care and hopefully chat again soon. Love bro. Definitely. Yeah. Take care. Hey yo, it's Tyler Quali and you are checking out the Wordplay Podcast with Tarek right now. That was Shay Lingo here on the Wordplay Podcast. Go listen to his new album, The Worst Generation, and follow him at Shay underscore Lingo. We're almost at the end of this episode of the Wordplay podcast for Wordplay magazine. Follow us at Wordplay Mag. You can follow me at Tarek Revs, T-A-R-E-K Revs. And finally, to lead us out, we have a live recorded Wordplay session from Nottingham rapper producer duo Claude Money and Jay Littles. This is a live session from their tune Evelintro from their five-track EP called Joyce. If you want to see the video for this live session, check it out on the Wordplay magazine YouTube channel. There are other sessions from them as well as a number of other artists up there too. Thank you all very much for joining this month's episode. Thanks to Matt, to Sam and the rest of the Wordplay team. Thank you to Krem, whose beats I've been talking over throughout this episode and the last few episodes. Big thanks to him. Thanks to Georgina Skirfield and Curtis Powell, who filmed and edited the session you're about to hear now. Catch you next month. Look out for the next one. Much love to you all for listening to the Wordplay podcast every month. I see you and it doesn't go unappreciated, so thank you so much. So this Wordplay session was recorded at Mount Street Studios in Nottingham. On drums, we have Jamie Sykes. On sax, we have Pete Beardsworth. On bass, we have Oscar Speed. On guitar, we have Kareem Hunter. On piano, we have Jake Mayhew. Additional vocals by Georgia Copeland and James Bates. This is Claude Money and Jay Littles with Evelintro. You ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. sounds like till I held you in my arms and I found life anything that came before you is out my sight I saw Christ I was running in this race and you made me pump the brakes kiddo that's alright you made your grandma proud of me happy that's our life don't that sound nice my little smiths my little long haired fuzzy head my blue-eyed black princess, you're blessed I was lost, now you're my GPS We're on track on this journey, where should we go to next? And I promise That I will never break a promise Always be true and honest Teach you to be the best you can be Teach you love, teach you to be better than me I hold you tight and I never let go On the sofa sat with Harley, watch your favourite show but be easy on the sweets, you need to see your teeth I teach you to cook healthy, to feast And yeah, I'm still learning to do your hair 
can't do it like him mom It's either pigtails or a bun You don't know how you astound me Like why did God allow me To keep something so precious around me Just let me finish Let me tell the world I cherish every minute You're the only thing that matters in my future plans When I pick you up it feels like I'm your superman That's the thing that saved your daddy's life Then you came along and saved your daddy twice I want to, I want to see first